for things. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus that is above the coronavirus and COVID-19, any other uh, forms or manifestations of uh, sickness and disease. Father, we thank you that you care for us watchfully and affectionately, every one of us, not only our bodies, but most of all our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our affections, our finances. Father, we thank you that you are the God who supplies. And so we look to you as a church, as an individual, as a nation. And Father, we, we thank you for your authority that you've given us over every sickness and every disease. And we just declare an abatement of this sickness, this disease. We declare freedom. We thank you, Father. We come into agreement uh, with your word and with prayers that have been prayed by so many. Father, that, uh, that this thing has turned and uh, that there'll be restoration to health, restoration of finances, restoration of the stock market, restoration of some normalcy. But Father, we ask even in the midst of all of this that, that you would help every heart to be open to you, to receive your very best. Father, I pray that even in the midst of this, that there be a recalibration of uh, values and what's important in life. Father, we thank you uh, knowing that you don't send sickness and disease, but that comes from the enemy and that you defeated him and gave us authority over him. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you that that blood sets us apart, that blood protects us, and that blood brings us right into your very presence, into your throne room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you're, if you're not able to watch us on uh, Facebook Live, uh, live, <laughs> I know I got a text from at least uh, someone there, and uh, you were able to watch us afterwards. We are also working uh, to get a live streaming solution where we'll be able to live stream on our website and several of the other services, hopefully by Sunday, other services not being church services, but uh, streaming services, uh, social media stuff like YouTube and um, some of the other ones that kind of slipped my mind right now. Uh, but... I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes about the power of the blood of Jesus. I can't get off the blood if you've been in the services, you know, for uh, the last month, month and a half here. Uh, there's something about the blood. And when I woke up this morning, I was uh, praying and meditating and uh, just came back uh, to the blood again. And I was looking at uh, Lillian Yeoman's book on healing yet again. And um, she had a section in there that I just wanted to share a little bit with you from. Um, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. It was a tremendous blessing to me. And I was talking about, you know, the cause of sickness and the cause of disease, which is not uh, a virus. <laughs> the cause of sickness and the cause of disease is the enemy, is Satan himself. Uh, when man sinned, death entered the world. And sickness is called incipient death. What does that mean? Incipient death means it's death in its beginning forms. In other words, if it doesn't stop, if it's not abated or driven back, it will cause death. And so uh, sickness is not of God and it's not from God and he doesn't have sickness in heaven. There was no sickness uh, before the fall. And once uh, we're all in heaven, there'll be no sickness there, no dying there. And so uh, it seems like sickness showed up when sin showed up. And so that death entered the world. And um, so sickness is not of God. Uh, divine health and protection and healing is of the Lord. 
So I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. Uh, the cause we know from the word of God is sin, and for sin the outworking is in the body is disease, uh, debility, and deformity. But there is one remedy, and that remedy is the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. To this all eff- efficacious remedy, and to it alone, the Israelites owed their immunity uh, in the awful visitation of Egypt. And she goes on to talk about when the destroyer came. You remember uh, in Exodus that they were instructed to apply the blood of a spotless, sinless lamb upon a doorpost and the lintel of their homes. And if they did that, the destroyer uh, wouldn't be able to touch them. In other words, they, their whole body, their whole family actually, uh, when this disease or this plague would come to uh, kill the firstborn, when they applied the blood, if they had applied the blood over the doorposts, then they would be protected and the destroyer would not be allowed to get to them. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did and the blood of Jesus does when we apply his blood to the doorposts of our mind, of our bodies, of our hearts, uh, of our finance, that you know, when the destroyer comes uh, and sees the blood, he can't remain and he, cannot, uh, he can't stay. So she gives four things uh, talking about the blood. Number one, she said, the blood had to be shed. Uh, a lamb must be slain. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I determined to know nothing among you, 1 Corinthians uh, 2.2, except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, that's talking about the blood. I determined to know nothing about you uh, among you except about the blood of Jesus. So I'm not going to be wise in my own conceits, as Paul said. I'm not going to look to my own self or my own abilities, but I look to what God did in Christ on the cross. I know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And uh, I was talking to Pastor Mark about that scripture one time, and he said, I can tell that that's all you know. And I said, well, I take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. He, he likes to tease, and I appreciate it. Uh, number two, uh, the blood has been applied through faith in his blood, Romans 3.25. And I'm going to read that just real quick. Whom God has set forth, that's talking about Jesus, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Anybody know what a propitiation is? Propitiation is a mercy seat. And so, literally, some translations, more modern translations, will say, a mercy seat through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance or patience of God. And so, Jesus became a propitiation or a mercy seat for our sins. What is a mercy seat? Well, a mercy seat uh, was over the Ark of the Covenant where they would sacrifice the lamb. It's really the place where the blood would be poured out. So, it's actually where you meet with God. And so Jesus became, um, through faith in his blood, he became that mercy seat for us. In other words, when we appropriate the blood, how do we appropriate the blood? Well, we say, Father God, uh, I am not coming to you right now because of what I have done, good or bad. I am not coming to you because of my family line. I am not coming to you because my position of authority or lack thereof. I am not coming to you because I'm rich or because I'm poor. I am coming to you because of the precious blood of your son that Jesus died for me, him and him crucified, and that's how I come. And when you come to that way, to God that way, the word says that we have access to his very presence through that faith in his blood. So you see some people have very little faith in the blood because they don't even really uh, come into the presence of God because they don't think they're worthy to come into the presence of God. 
Well, if, you, if you're accounting your worthiness based on your actions apart from what you've done in Christ and for Christ, well, you're probably exactly right. <laughs> you're not worthy according to the flesh or according to the power of the flesh. But when you come by the power of the blood of Jesus, you are more than worthy because His blood has made you worthy. He gave His life to make you worthy. He gave His life uh, that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. So number two, uh, the blood has to be applied through faith in His blood. In other words, if you're applying the blood to stave off a plague, then you're saying, you know what, I'm doing this through faith in the blood because I trust the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm not doing it because um, I'm somebody apart from the Lord. I'm doing it in Him. Number three, uh, the blood had to be applied openly. In other words, on the doorpost and the lintel, uh, a public confession of Christ crucified. This is what I believe. And number four, the blood had to be continually upon them. You shall strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood, and none of you will go out of his door until of the house until the morning. In other words, you're just surrounded by the blood, and you're totally covered by the blood, and that brings you protection, that you are protection, protected from any plague. No plague will come nigh or near your dwelling. Uh, Exodus 12, verse 13 says, When I see the blood... I'll pass over you and the plague will not be upon you. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you and the plague will not be upon you. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you and the plague will not be upon you. Think about that. Well, when, I, when, I, uh, uh, when a sickness or a disease comes, I want it to see the blood. Uh, when it comes and it, it, it puts its little ear up, I want it to hear about the blood. Not my blood, the blood of Jesus. Because that blood uh, has never lost its power, will never lose its power. And that blood is still speaking today and it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You know, the blood of Abel, it was spilled by his brother Cain uh, in hate and, and, and many other reasons, in pride. But the blood of Jesus was spilled in total humility. He gave up his, himself for you, for me, and for every person, even if they don't realize it, uh, that we could have the very life of God and the very nature of God. And so I want to encourage you concerning the virus, concerning your finance, uh, whatever other ways you're affected, concerning um, uh, raising your children at home when you're not used to doing it <laughs> all the time, uh, that you plead the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, you apply the blood. You know, you might feel, I don't have the ability to do this uh, this is too much pressure. I got, I'm wondering about finance. You know, I know I shouldn't be, but I'm concerned about sickness and disease and, and whatever else. And, you know, I just want to get somewhere with a bunch of people. And, uh, you know, you just come by the blood and say, you know what? First of all, we apply the blood of Jesus. So let's do that right now. Father, we just apply the blood of Jesus over all of our bodies. Uh, every person that's listening right now, Father, we thank you for the power of the blood. And we apply that blood upon the doorposts of our life. We believe in the power of the blood of Jesus that no sickness and no disease will be allowed to uh, be on us. It'll just pass right over us. And Father, we thank you for the change, as we've said before, uh, even in the virus in every nation, every country, that this thing just leaves in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, we're here in the earth. 
we have authority. And so, uh, you know, we're not going to allow uh, this just to continue and things to deteriorate. We're looking for things to get better. And we thank God that they are getting better in Jesus' name. All right. Praise the Lord. Any questions? I don't see any hands. Praise the Lord. Let's see, Lord, is there anything else on that one? Oh, yes. I want to say one other thing. It's interesting, when she talked, you know, Lillian Yeomans, I don't have her book with me here, but um, uh, she has four little books on, on healing, which are awesome, and they have also compiled them into one larger book, which is the one I was using Sunday. Uh, but, you know, she was a medical doctor, and I told Melody this morning, I said, it's real interesting because I love reading after her, because you don't find too many medical doctors uh, that actually switch from practicing medicine, uh, natural medicine, to practicing supernatural medicine. But she did. And uh, the Lord used her in a tremendous way. And so she would go through all the details. And she says, uh, in Egypt, you know, uh, back in that time, they were like the world's experts in medicine, uh, let alone other things. And she said the amount of detail. They had opium back then. Uh, yeah, op opium uh, back then that they would give and different potions and stuff to uh, anesthetize uh, the, the patients and help them uh, not have so much pain and when they would do autopsies, and she goes into great detail. If you get her book, it'll, it'll be, uh, maybe it'll gross you out a little bit. Uh, it did me. And uh, so she goes into great detail just to prove the point. These were like the medical experts of the day. And when this plague came and took the firstborn, they were at a loss. By the time they figured out what happened, uh, the kids were dead. And there's nothing they could do. And so, uh, you know, and they were the experts, well, uh, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any expert, and sometimes things come upon the world that the world uh, doesn't know anything about, uh, but God is the author of life and health and freedom. And so, um, she said, we're told that the things that happened to them were an example for us, and God's provided some better things for us. Uh, they dwelt in types and shadows while we have the substance. Theirs was half-lights, where ours is full radiance of the outpoured Holy Spirit, who is come to lead us into all truth, to teach us all things. But what kind of battlefront do we present uh, as compared to others? We are passing in procession down the aisles of the ages as truly they did. We are being reviewed by a mighty host of witnesses, including the heroes of faith from previous dispensations. Does not the thought come to you at times that we present but a sorry spectacle as compared to the Israelites? How many of us are limping along while others actually have to be carried on stretchers? What is the matter with us? Have we one promise less than they? Does not every assurance of physical health and healing which has, uh, was made to them apply equally to us? No one who believes the word of God can answer this question other than affirmatively. God says, I am the Lord that heals you. My word will be health to all of your flesh. And he also said, I, the Lord, uh, I'm the Lord and I change not. The covenant of healing given to them in Exodus 15, 26, which secured to them absolute immunity from disease, conditioned upon their obedience to God's statutes, is ours. And the condition need not frighten us, for by the, listen to this, this is where I want to get to. For by the obedience of the many, uh, one, many were made righteous, and Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that what? Believes. 
He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Because some people want to say, well, then I have to do this right and this right and this right and this right. No, Christ is the end of the law to righteousness to everyone that pistios or believes. That's the Greek word for believe. So to everyone that believes. And the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So right there, you can pick up your problem sometimes. Like, why am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this? In other words, uh, not necessarily like, why is it around me? But why is it overwhelming me or maybe overtaking me? Well, because we walk not in the spirit, but in the flesh. But if you're of the spirit, Paul says, then you should live in the spirit. And so that's not a um, mystical type of thing where, where it's like only some people do it, you know. And um, I'm thinking of one particular person, but I maybe don't say it. And so um, it's not like, ooh. Like that, I mean, the Lord will use some people that way, but that's not the general way. Um, it is walking by what you get on the inside, from the guide inside. And so uh, the Lord will speak to you. And, uh, you know, you are his sheep and you know his voice. And so you don't have to be concerned like, well, somebody's more spiritual than me. No, if you just be still and know that he's God, he will speak to you if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, uh, that's your main issue. So you just become a believer. You, you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess him as your Lord and you do that from your heart and that instant you are totally changed. You're made brand new on the inside. Jesus was talking to a ruler uh, named Nicodemus and he was trying to understand this and he said, uh, Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, you know, he's, I could see him. Maybe he had my type of mind. He was like, born again. So are you telling me I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born, right? And you're thinking like, I'm kind of big for that. I'm sure mama would not be excited to hear that. And so Jesus said, no, 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 no. That which is the flesh is born of flesh, but that which is the spirit is born of the spirit. He said, you must be born again or literally born from above. And so what happens is uh, you're made brand new uh, through Christ Jesus, your spirit is made new, and then your spirit becomes alive to God. And so, the law is fulfilled in us who walk after the flesh, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Therefore, not healing only, but absolute immunity from disease is ours in Christ Jesus as we walk in uh, the obedience of faith. As we walk in the obedience of faith. And so, um, Praise the Lord. So now uh, we're going to talk for just a second about the guide inside, which, which we have been doing on Wednesdays. And we'll do this tonight. And uh, I'm not quite settled uh, in my heart if we'll continue to do this one or if I'll just do some other messages because, um, again, it's, uh, it's not going to be uh, too much feedback live like this. Um, um, but today's chapter that we were all studying together would be chapter 5, Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And uh, as I was preparing for tonight, I just felt that this uh, fits in very perfectly, and it was a very refreshing thing. So this is from the book uh, by Mark Brzee, The Guide Inside, and uh, it's really talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and your spirit and being led by the Spirit of God, and, you know, developing your own spirit so that you... Uh, follow the guide inside and you're not just off on your own but you're listening to what he's saying and then you have uh you know a greater depth a greater understanding because uh the spirit of god knows what's going to happen tomorrow 
I might not know what's going to happen tomorrow without him, uh, but he knows. And the things that he knows I need to know, uh, well, he'll tell me and he'll show me. And, you know, Jesus said he will show us things to come. And he wouldn't speak about himself or of himself, but whatever he hears, that he'll speak. So that means he's speaking things to you and to me that he hears from the Father God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. All right, uh, so page 39 uh, is, the, is the first page in chapter 5. He said, God has endeavored to convince the church for centuries that we're no longer Old Testament servants, but New Testament sons. Uh, the one who only walked with Israel in the Old Testament now lives in his sons and daughters in the New Testament. He said uh, in, in John, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then in Romans 8, 16, the, the highlight scripture he has here for the chapter says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And so we have on the inside, as soon as you're born again, like we just talked about, when you receive Jesus Christ, you have God's Spirit on the inside, and He bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. That is the first uh, thing as a believer that you get is the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Well, some people say, well, okay, that's great. Well, it's more than great. Uh, you, you all of a sudden have a brand new relationship as a son and a daughter of God. That you're not just a servant. You're not just far off. You're not just a, a little pawn, you know, that he's going to play a game with. No, you're a son and you're a daughter. And, uh, you know, Jesus said that, he, he's going to show his sons and daughters and share with them what he's going to do and what he's doing. He said, Jesus said, you know, does a master share with his servants what he's going to do? No, but he shares with his sons and with his daughters. And so um, his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons and daughters of God. So um, again, that's Roman, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Well, if that's the first way that He communicates with us, uh, you realize the first way He communicates is as a loving Father. In other words, if we're children, uh, that means He's the Father. And so uh, He deals with us as members of His family, as His very own children. And so He will lead you he will protect you. He will train you. He will guide you. He will help you. He will give you strength. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful that he lives on the inside of me and that he has made me and has made you uh, his son and his daughter. John 1.12 says, For as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God or to be the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe on the name of the Son of God, you will be saved. And it says that um, He gives you power to become His sons, His daughters, when you believe on His name. So when we believe on His name, we come right into his family, into an intimate relationship. I remember Jesus said, you know, if an earthly father knows how to do good things for his earthly children, 
how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him, right? Uh, he's not going to do something evil for you, uh, but He's going to do something good and better than what a human could think of. So when He gave us the Holy Spirit, He gave us Himself. When He gave us the Holy Spirit, He gave us uh, a quickening life. You know, the Holy Spirit will actually quicken our mortal bodies. What does that mean, quicken? It means make them live. My grandmother used to say, you know, don't cut your fingernails to the quick. And I'm like, what is cutting to the quick? That doesn't make any kind of sense. Well, it just means, you know, that part under there that's living, the fingernail's dead. If you cut to that living part, you're going to know it because it's alive, <laughs> right? And so the Holy Spirit will quicken your mortal bodies. So quite often, if I have something attacking my body, I'll say, Lord, I thank you that my body, that part of my body is made to live with your life, your ability. Really, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead by the power of his spirit. And even then, the Bible says that was like God moving his finger. And that was the greatest exertion of power that's ever occurred. And so that's the power that lives on the inside of us. And even Paul said, I want you to know that this is the power. I'm praying that you'll know that this is the power that's working in you. And so, uh, what, well, if you know that that's the power that's working in you, and you know, like Romans uh, 8.16 says, that the Spirit himself bears witness that we are the children of God. Think about that. You ought to meditate on that scripture the rest of this week. That we are the children of God. Because what? Well, as you look into those things, have you ever, um, you know, uh, smelt somebody making, I like desserts, okay? And so I was doing so good until I went to this trip to Louisiana and I hadn't eaten any desserts for like a month or something like that. And then, man, they were so good. And so I, um, when somebody's baking, you can actually smell that. And so when you enter into the room where they're baking, it gets stronger and stronger. And so you, you, you kind of want to look into it. Or if you hear, you can hear somebody having a conversation. Maybe it's your birthday or Christmas or something like that. And you hear somebody talking about, you know, I might hear my family saying, we're going to get daddy such and such. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going I'm to lean into that just a little bit, possibly, you know. And uh, <laughs> just so I can... Uh, find out and get a little clue or, or whatever. But, you know, for the food, I'm definitely going to lean into it. Well, um, it, the things of God are the same way because as soon as you respond to his spirit when he speaks to you and you kind of lean in, you're like, okay, I, I want to hear more. Uh, I, I want to go into that. I want to get closer to the source of that scent, you know. Um, you'll find out, well, there's a lot more there. So that we are, uh, his spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons and daughters of God. So it doesn't just bear witness that we are part of the family of God, but literally we're not like just a, a cousin or he's not just our aunt or our uncle, that we are the children of God. And so as children of God, I mean, my children have access to my resources. My children have access to my protection. My children have access to in my house. My children have access to me that other people don't have. And so think about the implications of that, that his spirit bears witness with our spirits, that we are the children of God, that you are a child of God. You're a son of God, a daughter of God. He's your daddy. He's your father. 
Maybe your earthly father wasn't amazing. Let me tell you what. He is the most amazing father. I love uh, S.C. Carpenter's translation of uh, Ephesians chapter 3, the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, you know, I just want you to think for a minute, in his paraphrase, you know, he said, think for a minute of your own father. And then he said, I want you to think of the fathers and all of the happy homes where you've been. He didn't say the unhappy homes, the happy homes where you've been a part. And he said, then multiply it a thousand. No, 10,000 times. And this is what fatherhood must mean in heaven. In other words, if I just naturally and through what I could receive from the word of God could figure out things I need to do to be a good father and then the strength that the Lord gives me uh, put those things into practice in my life, I could be a decent father, a good father. But how much more could he, the author of fathership, be a good father to you? Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. You know, I think many times, not many times, but I'm thinking right now about, um, you know, when my kids learn to ride their bike. And so they're riding their bike and then they fall and they skin their knee. And all of a sudden, there's all this blood. And you know, if you know me very well, I don't like the blood. I like the blood of Jesus. I just, uh, you know, I don't know if in heaven we're going to have to see it because I'll probably pass out. But, but when I see like natural blood, I'm like, Lord. So, but my, 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 my children, sometimes they would fall and skin their, skin their knee and they still do that now and they're running fast or whatever, you know. And um, just that you just go up and you scoop them up and you're like, it's all right. It's going to be all right. So maybe you're all skinned up, bruised up, maybe whatever happened to you, uh, you know, physically, you know, but the father, he just like wraps his loving arms around you. He's like, that's okay, daughter. That's okay, son. I love you. I'll protect you. I will restore you. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's, maybe it's emotional or maybe it's mental. Uh, maybe it's all this stuff that you feel like, man, I'm really being beat up right now. Just, just fall into the arms of your father. Because uh, you are his son, you are his daughter, he loves you, he cares for you. And I know, you know, sometimes my children will get so excited or they'll be distracted and uh, they may be trying to figure something out and I actually have the answer for them. Uh, but they talk so much that I don't get the opportunity, and they're here right now, so I love you all very much. <laughs> I don't get the opportunity to tell them what I'm trying to tell them. And sometimes they're trying to say, Daddy, no, Daddy, uh, this is what I need. I really want to do this. I really want this. I want to say, I've already got it for you. I've already paid the price for it. I've actually got it hidden in the other room. If you will stop talking, I will bring it out. Right? Well, sometimes we do that with him, you know, Jehovah God, where he has actually already provided all of these things for us. Everything we need for life and godliness comes through the knowledge of His Son. And He's already provided it for us. But sometimes we just won't stop talking. And we're like, well, Lord, this, Lord, that. Just, just, just take a moment. And I, I like to say what the psalm says in Selah. Pause and think about that for a second. And so that you look to the Lord and, you know, you say, okay, Father, you said you are my father. So many times it doesn't feel like you're my father. I feel like I see you more as a God, but you say you're my father. So I'm going to say what you say. You say you're my father, so I say you are my father. God, you are my father. Thank you that you're my father. 
Thank you that you know how to care for me as the best father in existence. Thank you that you know how to provide for me. Thank you that you know how to bring me the right friend when I need the right friend. Thank you that you know how to bring me the wisdom that I need, that you are the God of wisdom, that you care about the big things in my life and the little things in my life. Do you know he does? It's not just like he doesn't just care if you live or die. He cares about little things. And he can do the big things and the little things at the same time. God is a good God. He's always good. He loves you. The reason Jesus died was for you. The reason he, he gave up his life was for you. So that you didn't have to live under the weight of the situations that living on earth brings. But that so you could live out of your home that is in heaven and you could live a victorious life here in the earth, on the earth. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, his life uh, and his nature and to have that in abundance or more abundantly. Uh, and so that happens the second you're born again. So the second you're born again, when I was born again at four years old, I became a partaker of the life and nature of God here on the earth. Not just when I get to heaven. I was recreated then. If I'm not recreated now on the earth, I'm not going to make it to heaven. I have to be recreated now. I have to receive his life now and his nature now. And when I do that, I become part of his family. Like his life flow flows into those in his family. His nature is like those in his family. You can find my children and there'll be some things of my natural nature that you see can show up in their lives. I think uh, my, my daughter even physically, she's like, has my nose. I don't know if she's too excited about that. But, uh, you know, she, she has that. And personality-wise, the, the boys uh, have more of my personality, some of them. And uh, it's just amazing. You can see yourself reflect and you're like, now, why are they acting that way? You say, oh, uh, that, that must be from, from uh, the flesh of the father. Praise the Lord. When they, when they just flow in the spirit, you know it's from the mother. No, they're, they're good kids and uh, we love them. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, uh, they are the sons of God. So 8, 16 said, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. But 14, two verses before, says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means you're a son or a daughter of God. You will be led by the Spirit of God. He's leading you whether you're conscious of it or not. Uh, normally when you're not conscious of it, it just means you're trying to look for like a sign in the sky. Or you're trying to uh, look for like somebody's going to send you an email. This was circumstantial leading. You know, so, well, uh, some people say, well, um, if that door closes, that means it's the Lord. Well, no, it might be me. I might go up. If I wasn't uh, nailed down right now with this cord, I'd just go shut a door and that would be my will to shut the door. So that doesn't mean it's the Lord's will that that door shut. That just means I shut the door. And so it uh, doesn't mean it's not, but that's not an indicator of the will of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So he'll lead you and guide you by your spirit. Uh, Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, he's going to use his spirit uh, on the inside of you. Excuse me. He's going to use your spirit on the inside of you to lead you and guide you like a lamp or a light. 
So imagine it's dark outside, and I think it is dark outside right now. And so uh, if you don't want to stumble and fall, you're going to have to use a light. And uh, He will guide you. He'll guide you down, down the right path. You might not see everything for a great distance off, but He'll put the light right before you where you need to see uh, so that you'll make the right steps. You'll have surety in your step. I, love, I think it's Psalm 18 or Psalm 19 says, You make wide places for me to put my feet. So I'm not like, oh, trying to figure this out. No, he makes wide places. Uh, he will strengthen you and, and uh, sustain you. Hallelujah. Then I, I like this on the bottom of page 40. It says, this verse is telling us, I apologize, I have to look at my watch because I don't have my, my iPad's not showing. This verse is telling us that to be led by the Spirit of God is to walk in every heavenly blessing that belongs to a son or a daughter of God. It's like throwing a rock into a pond that ripples to every shore. Led by the Holy Ghost, we find God's plan for our lives. Led by the Holy Ghost, we walk in health and healing. Led by the Holy Ghost, we walk in prosperity. Led by the Holy Ghost, we walk in victory. Led by the Holy Ghost, we walk in the Spirit. Uh, Are you catching a theme? From the moment we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside. He doesn't walk around with us. He lives in us. Jesus said in John 14, 17, The Spirit of truth dwells with you and will be in you. So we are wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. This is what he said down there at the bottom of page 41. We're led by the Spirit of God in all of the dealings of life. Our steps are ordered of the Lord, Psalm 37. Thank God uh, that we can be led by the Spirit of God. And sometimes you're like, uh, you know, you learn how to be led uh, by um, not following (laughs) the leading of the Lord. In other words, you're like, "Eh, I knew I should have done that. You know, he was prompting me to do that. And I'm like, why did I not do that? You know, well, normally it's because you got busy or distracted or or whatever else, something you were attending to other things uh, rather than what he told you to do. Uh, but that's not something you just be like, okay, Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus. I know I'm not perfect. You know I'm not perfect. The American people know I'm not perfect. And so uh, I thank you that Jesus is perfect. And so I, I, I just, forgive me for that. And uh, you just show me the path out because you said you'd lead me and guide me, uh, that your spirit, my spirit, use my spirit like a lamp. And so just show me the right way to go. Man, if you can calm yourself down in that uh, atmosphere, then all of a sudden you will know Okay, this is what I ought to do. And this is the, this is the path I ought to go. So, uh, you know, if you get too hard on yourself, you might uh, all of a sudden start to walk in self-righteousness where you can't receive anything from God. And so that's all your power, your works, what you can do. But if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the, the lusts of the flesh or the strong desires of the flesh and you'll walk in the path that God has preordained for you to walk in. And in that path, there is no uh, attack and there is no power that the enemy could bring or try to surround you with that can stand. Because in that place, you're following what God has said and, and you're walking with Him. And every believer can do this. And it's not some distant, far-off thing. It's right on the inside. He lives on the inside of you. He leads you. He guides you. You have Him in you right now if you're born again. And He will always show you the right way to go. Uh, I want to share with you real quick. Uh, uh, He uh, shared a story from uh, John G. Lake. He said, Reverend Lake, who lived in South Africa at the time, 
said there was an unsaved man in his congregation who worked as a drill operator in the South African mine. The Spirit of God alerted the miner to an Australian uh, co-worker who was in danger. Something on the inside kept telling him, go down and call the Australian out. The man who was not born again tried to continue working, but something kept telling him, go down and tell the Australian to get out of there. The miner told Reverend Lake that he was so busy, he thought his mind was playing tricks on him. And this guy not, not even born again. But yet a third time, he heard the voice in his spirit. You ever had that? Like, oh, this must just be me. Like, you know, I was thinking about you all week. I just, I just must have been thinking about you. Well, it took me a while uh, with that. And I learned, you know what? If I'm just thinking about you and I have no reason to think about you, I probably need to be praying for you. So then I'll start to pray and see what the Holy Ghost will say. And, um, but a third time he heard the voice in his spirit and it was so urgent that he dropped everything to get to the Australian. I'm, I'm saying it wrong. He's an Austrian. The Austrian. No more than a few seconds after the two of them got out, the entire area of the mine collapsed. The miner saved his co-worker's life. Think about it. If the spirit of the unsaved person is eternal and can know things, how much more can you and I as born-again Christians filled with the spirit of God be sensitive to follow God's leading? Saved and unsaved people talk about having a sixth sense. Actually, perception a lot of times is not necessarily even being led by the Holy Ghost. Some people are just perceptive. People in the world say all the time, follow your gut. But think about this. If unsaved people have hunches that lead them the right way, there's no stopping the son or daughter of God where the Spirit of God leads them. Praise the Lord. And so that's not even a fearful thing. Uh, some people might say, well, that's, that's kind of fearful. Uh, well, the Spirit of God will save your life. Do you remember... Um, well, it must have been in uh, the beginning chapters right there of Matthew or Luke where uh, the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream and said, get out because they're coming to kill the child. Well, I'm sure God, I'm sure glad that the Lord gave him uh, this appearance of an angel in a dream to save the Savior of the world so that he could live the full life that he was to live at 33 years old and die on the cross. And so, but the angel said, fear not. Right? So when the Lord shows you things to come, uh, He could show you tragedy coming to protect you and to save you. And that's not a fearful thing. That's like a thank you, Jesus. Like uh, people that have uh, maybe overrode the leading of the Spirit on the inside and gotten into difficult situations. Uh, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I, I wish I would have just listened. If I would have just listened. Or some people say, if I would have just known ahead of time not to do that. Well, the guide on the inside, He will notify you ahead of time if you listen to him. He's always talking, uh, always ready to speak to you. Uh, but sometimes we have to uh, slow down enough and look to the inside. Like I talked about, you're, you're looking to the kitchen. Where's that smell coming from? I want to look more into that. Or you're looking like, what's this conversation? What's this about? And um, you want to kind of lean into that, lean into him and see what he has to say. And uh, he'll show you things to come. Uh, but you have to, to kind of mentally calm yourself down. It, it helps a lot of times to pray in the Spirit if you're having difficulty hearing because it's your spirit praying by the Holy Spirit. And so you're already actually connected with the Lord in that arena uh, and in that way. And so I just want to encourage you. You have a guide on the inside and you are a child of God. He will lead you. He will guide you. He'll protect you. And right now, 
I don't know uh, the particulars of everybody's situations. I don't even know how many people are watching. But right now, the Spirit of God knows the most intricate details of your situation. Uh, he knows if, if you got laid off, if you didn't get laid off. He knows your finances. Uh, he knows your finances better than you know your finances. I've had the Holy Spirit say, uh, quicken me on the inside. You know, you need to check this bill out and pay this bill. And I thought in my head, no, that bill doesn't need to be paid. But sure enough, you go check on it and uh, there was something extra that had to be paid that you didn't know about or whatever. And so uh, he'll guide you even in those little things that we might think, well, that's not significant. Well, if it's a big bill, you, you probably think it's pretty significant, but it could be a small bill. And, uh, you know, I had to happen today. I had a $4 bill or something like that that I had to pay four, four, $4 and some odd cents. And I was just quick and reminded, hey, you need to pay this bill. And uh, so uh, the Holy Spirit will help you uh, even when you're distracted by other things. If you just kind of reach out in your spirit to him, I think uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, you put up your spiritual antenna. In other words, you're like, okay, Lord, I'm looking to you. What do you have to say? Well, you can learn to live with your antenna up. You know, he used that illustration because he was from the olden days when they used to turn the radio on in the car and the antenna would go up so you could get a signal. Uh, but really, we just need to live with our antenna up and um, so that we're constantly listening to the Lord because uh, when you look to Him, He has substance and words to give to you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word and we thank you for your spirit that you gave him to us even to interpret your word to us, to make your word real to us, to teach us all things, that you teach us uh, the things that we need to know. Uh, thank you for uh, being the best teacher in existence that you teach us. And I pray for every person that can hear this right now that uh, the things that are surrounding them, the things that are, are pressing on them. Father, I pray right now that you just quicken each of us just to give you our cares, that we can cast those cares in the name of Jesus. Um, and so uh, right now, just do that with me. Just uh, say, Father God, I just give you all my cares. I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be full of fret. I'm going to look to you in Jesus' name. So now you, you've given your cares to the Lord, and now He can work. So, Father, we thank you that you, you know more about all of these things than what we could possibly comprehend. Even when we think we know it, we don't understand uh, the fullness of it. But, Father, I thank you that you know the end from the beginning. And, Father, I thank you for your provision for every single one of us. I thank you for your provision of supernatural life that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I thank you for your provision of supernatural health, that because of the blood of Jesus, we've come into your family, and because of the blood of Jesus, sickness will not dominate us. And Father, I thank you because of the power of the blood of Jesus, poverty will not dominate us. And Father, we just uh, continue to lift up our leaders and the leaders around the world, Father, that you give them wisdom, uh, that uh, for all of the medical devices, all of the, the medical fields, all of the politicians, Father, that um, this thing that we believe is already turning, that they will make decisions 
that will promote a restoration of um, prosperity in every area of life. Prosperity spiritually, prosperity physically, prosperity financially. And Father, we thank you for your peace that passes our understanding, that it guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if you're joining with us tonight and you'd like to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, uh, you know, you can't outgive God. He will multiply your seed sown. And uh, you can, uh, I don't even know the number. I think it's uh, text to 84321. Send a text to 84321. Uh, do you have to include Anchor Church? You guys have to help me here. Just uh, send a text to 84321 and you can actually get it set up for online giving either when you text or um, you can actually set it up to automatically give. And uh, you can sow a seed in the kingdom of God. You can, you can tithe. Uh, you can uh, worship the Lord with your tithe and with your offering. It's such an awesome privilege we have to honor Him with the first fruits of all of our increase. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, like I've said so many times, you might just want to sow an extra dollar or five dollars or something just to tell the devil, Jesus is Lord over my finances. You're not Lord over my finances. So you can, you can give and you can worship. And we'll see you uh, right back here uh, no later than Sunday. We're working on some other things uh, online uh, that hopefully we'll be able to uh, get up and share with you, if not this week, uh, early next week. And we love you so much. We are praying for you. We are standing with you. And um, Jesus is Lord.